was Morzine, France at 70 miles per hour that I came face to face with a tree proving Newton's fifth law of gravity. The challenge is, can you get back up after being knocked down when you have to fight physically and mentally and technically, but now you have to fight emotionally? Emotional stability is the hardest to battle with. It's something every one of us has to do from the moment we take our first breath. I was on crutches and I was there to speak and here was this blonde bombshell leading the group. Her boldness, her security. And I'm looking and thinking, wow, I could use a double dose of what she has. I spoke and was invited by her cousin to an engagement party for her brother. Now, I live committed 80% of the time or above to my ski racing. In other words, if my schedule didn't reflect that 80% or more of the time I had I was preparing to ski race, I wasn't available to do something. But a party? She was going to be there. I guess I was going to be there. I'm Jungle Jim Hunter, and you're listening to 831 Living Your Best Life podcast, where we inspire participation, communicate precision, and empower performers to podium. And we would ask you to go to your favorite podcast provider or junglejimhunter.com or YouTube and share it with your friends and relatives and people you know that maybe they'd be interested in becoming an 831er. And we would ask you to subscribe, download, click on like, rate and review us and become an 831er that makes a difference in other people's life because this podcast has inspired you to live your best life. Well, the party scene was unfamiliar to me. I'm an Olympian and I don't have time for parties. And then the blonde bomber sat down next to me and asked, So, what do you do for a living? Excuse me, I said. You know who I am. I'm the best skier in Canada. That's what I do for a living. Someday, I'll be the best in the world. She didn't bat an eyelash. That's not a living. That's a hobby. She wasn't impressed by my ski racing. And she wanted to know. I found out much later that I was invited so she could check me out and see if I had more than ski racing, a hobby on my mind. I have a schedule to keep, you know. 80% of my time is spoken for. I don't have time for another person. I I don't have time to sit here and say, "Uh, what do you do for a living? Uh, I couldn't resist. I got her number and asked her out. She said, no, I don't have time. In my mind, <laughs> I'm emotionally upset right away. Who is this person saying she doesn't have time for me? I live with total commitment. Nobody else does. I'm the one that doesn't have time. So I had to ask, what do you mean you don't have time? Without missing a beat, she said, I work. I have voice lessons. I practice. I perform. I lead the youth group. And I don't have time. It took a long time, but finally, she had been invited to a friend's birthday party, and I could drive her to and from the party and be at the party. Well, between her schedule, practicing voice, performing, youth group leadership, and work, her family, church, we managed to see each other once in a while. I was traveling to the farm, working, traveling back and forth to ski camps and racing, and, well, we finally, once in a while, got together and had a meal with her mother, and she agreed to help me with my padded ski clothing and was going to help me make them. Now I had a reason to stop in, and, well, I could see her. I used to go for big, long runs and arrive at their house all sweaty, and her brothers would make the joke that, oh, jungle, you just happen to be in the area? Yeah, they made a lot of fun of me when I used to go over there. We ended up writing each other daily. We might have seen each other 30 times in a year if we were lucky, and the Olympic year 19 times. And half of those were when we were in transit flying somewhere in opposite directions. 
I knew I loved her. I didn't know if she loved me, but I thought she did because at least she made time for me. I needed her stability. I needed the solid rock approach she had to life. And with the 76 Olympics ahead, I didn't want to be distracted. And so I settled the issue and asked her to marry me so that we could be engaged. Surprisingly, after asking her father and her, she said yes. But there was that but. Here's the thing about time with her. I'm going to be on tour this year singing and you have to go racing. So you will have to do what you do and I will do what I do. And it will be a long distance relationship, which it was. We were married 45 years ago. I was an emotional person. I was up. I was down. But Gail Jesperson, well, she brought stability to my life. I felt balanced and it evened out my temperament. She became the solid rock in my life. That next year was the best season on World Cup of my skiing career. Gail's kindness challenged me at every turn. Her unshakable spirit provided a strength I needed when my emotions would fight to win the next race. Her boldness on stage when she performed taught me greater strength to fight for every tick of the clock on the course. Her parents were the same as she was with a solid faith and power-filled approach to life that it was safe and secure and a solid foundation to build a marriage on. I was a better person just being with her. I was a stronger racer just knowing she would be watching. I was a better man because I had met my match on commitment to being committed. Gail's strength strengthened me and our commitment to each other made us stronger together. What a blessing she has been and continues to be. We built a home and a plan for our life together. And although we have had our rocky moments, it was the strength of each other that always brought us to a greater resolution to be committed to each other. We started a family and we had four blonde haired blessings born alphabetically. Anna, Heidi, Maria, and the icing on our three layered cake, Sterling. I raced, I farmed, I worked on television, I did speaking engagements, and eventually managed the Olympic torch relay for the 1988 Olympic Winter Games in Calgary. And through it all, there was this incredible wife, this outstanding mother. Being a mother is the most important job on the planet. She was and is a mother that now, when I look at our four children, I see the character strength of her in them, the boldness she has, and the passion and the love to be committed to what they believe and need to do every day. We have principles in our life that she has lived every day. At first, I thought her Pollyanna approach to life was cute. As time passes, I can see that the writer of Pollyanna, Eleanor H. Porter, says this, and it was right. What men and women need is encouragement. Their natural resisting power should be strengthened, not weakened. Instead of always harping on a man's faults, tell him of his virtues. Try to pull him out of his rut. Hold up to him his better self, his real self that can dare and do and win out. People radiate what is in their minds and in their hearts. There's something about everything that you can be glad about if you keep hunting long enough to find it. Our faith and the principles we live by keeps us together. Our gladness comes from the fact that we are secure and faithful to each other. And just as her parents were that's the way she is. Because her parents had the strength of character, they taught her that. To say and to be what she was and be committed to someone else was a high value. Gail keeps her word and brings kindness and gladness to everyone she meets. 
Thank you, Gail, for being my wife and for being a great mother. This week, I've been doing a tribute to mothers, and I want to thank you for listening. And if you're a mother out there, I really appreciate the fact that you are doing the toughest job in the world. I hope you will have all grown and will be living your best life the next time we meet. And my quote for the day? Well, it was something I hear quite often from my wife. If you look for the good in people, you shall surely find it. Thanks for listening. <laughs>